to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. Now, before we get started, there's something that I just really have to tell you. You'll have heard me mention our Work Your Way course before. And as one soloist told me recently, it's become her go-to when she needs a bit of guidance. It's got over 80 bite-sized videos, exercises and worksheets. All very nice. But here's the thing. All of that wonderfulness is now bundled into our premium membership. So you'll get all those learning tools and heaps of promo benefits, product discounts, and a copy of our best-selling book for just $99. If you're starting growing or re-energizing a solo business, frankly, it's a steal. And what's more, it's covered by a money-back guarantee. So head to our join page and find out more. Now, talking of books, as I did briefly there, I am delighted now to be speaking with Kate Toon, who has just written a scorcher. Hello, Kate. Hello, how are you? (laughs) I'm well, thank you. Now look, right from the outset, we need to make it clear. I need to be totally transparent here. I'm a big fan of yours and I have indeed written the foreword for your your book. So there's no hiding the fact that I think it's rather good. It's called Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, How to Succeed in Business Despite Yourself. It's a damn good read. But my first question, UK, is why did you write a book? I think it was because I wanted to be able to say that I'd written a book. Honestly. <laughs> okay, that well, was it's it. been great having you here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, there's more than that. The, 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 to be really transparent, right back at you, there isn't. I mean, as you'll know from reading the book, I'm not much of a planner. So it wasn't like I sat down and said, well, I want to increase my brand awareness by 82% and I want to integrate my blah, blah, blah. I right. just thought, I've written a lot of stuff. I would love to write a book. I've seen other business people write books and and I'm impressed by them. Um, And I'm a huge fan of physical books. So, you know, the idea of opening a box and being able to look at a big pile of things that I had written was thrilling for me. Okay, well, well, look, maybe I asked you slightly the wrong question there because I can see... You know, there's there's no doubt that for all your supposed lack of planning and organization, and we're going to come back there, I promise you, um, there is no doubt that you have, you know, pumping very healthily through your veins a very keen marketing sense, right? You understand the sort of value of having a book, being an author. But your book, you didn't, you know, you what you've not done with it is you've not written a sort of standard book. I mean, you've written a book that only you could write. So it's, you know, you it's very frank, you kind of hit people between the eyes. Um, I mean, how did you enjoy writing? Was it fun writing like that? Um, it was fun having written like that. There's always the pleasure of finishing something. But yes, I mean, I deliberately chose not to write a how-to guide on SEO or mm. a 10 steps for copywriting, which, you know, might have been a more logical business uh, choice. But I have an awful lot of content about that out there already. I really wanted to write something. I read a, a few self-help books and business mm. books, and I found them just as dull as dishwater and 
you know, there are some great ones, but the ones I've read, I've just been like, gosh. So I wanted to write something fun. And as I said, I didn't, because I didn't set any expectations on myself of becoming, you know, a bestseller, I was able to write what I wanted to write because I self-published. I didn't have a critical editor. Well, I did actually, but (laughs) I didn't have a bossy publisher saying, no, you can't write about that because that won't sell. Um, So it was, it was a sort of a freedom project creative freedom you yeah, know okay. celebration of that all know? right so who should read it who's 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 the book aimed at it's called confessions of a misfit entrepreneur who's your, who should read it well i think it's for those sort of people who look at those top 10 entrepreneur lists like you know eight fabulously successful men in business or look at these glamorous ladies who are running awesome corporations and looking at them and just not identifying with them at all Mm. um, and feeling like, well, I'm doing okay and I'm enjoying my business, but I, I'm not them. So maybe I'm not successful. And maybe because I don't get up at 4am and do yoga before I start my, you know, my day, then I'm failing somehow. So it was kind of, it's kind of a permission book to kind of say, you know, we're all, trying to succeed in our own way and we've got to kind of find our own version of success so I guess it's for I don't know people who worry about their competitors and and people who are struggling to make sense of what they're doing with their business and if they're doing the right thing okay Uh, it kind of sounds like yeah it sounds like it's written for human beings like normal people yeah yeah and maybe more so than maybe the eight ways to succeed as an entrepreneur kind mm. of books, you know, the picture so, of a man on a, on a BMW with a wad of cash, you know, it's a bit more real and a bit more honest about the realities of running, especially a soloist business where you don't have a horde of people at your beck and call. Yeah. Okay. So um, does Madam have a bit of an issue with the whole entrepreneur movement perchance? Oh, Madam does. Madam does. Madam is sick of the six, sorry, I think it's seven figure (laughs) now that we're supposed to be earning. Oh, is it? And and also there's some kind of secret, that there's some kind of magic juju that if you buy this $10,000 mastermind or that you're going to be told something that, you know, is going to revolutionize your business. And I've, you know, I've read a lot of these books and I've, you know, know people who've been on the courses and there is no magic juju. Mm, Do you know what I mean? What worked for them was often a combination of luck, being in the right place, having a rich mate, uh, you know, and and the stars will not maybe align in the same way for you, even if you do buy their book. Uh, So look, harsh, but true, (laughs) totally true. So um, look, what I'd like to do, I, I, I've just, um, as you know, I've read your book. I've read it from cover to cover twice, actually. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Oh, look, I haven't got much on at the moment. Um, <laughs> no, I don't mean that. So um, what I like, I'm going to just pull a few phrases out and uh, just get you to explain them, right? Because I do think you know, the thing I did find with your book is is you've absolutely kind of spoken from the heart. You just, doesn't look to me like you've written thinking this is what I need to write in order for this book to sell. You've just written a book about you and how you do things. And anybody that does know you and has actually met you um, will know that's that's who you are. You know, you don't pull your punches. I mean, I've lost count of how many sort of dust-ups on our forums and comments <laughs> that uh, you've created that we've had to tidy up, you know, because you speak your mind. So let's have a look at a few of those things. Now, the first thing that you say in, in one of the kind of opening phrases is that you've started three businesses, probably more than that by now, um, over the last sort of five or six years. You've not had a coach, you've not had a plan, you've not had any investors. 
And what's interesting is that you say that with pride, but also with just a recognition that, well, that's that's normal. That's where most people are, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's partially blind stupidity because I think I wasn't when I started out as a business owner, it was under it was semi under duress. I got I was with child and I was working as a contractor, so I had to very quickly come up with a business. And I was knee deep in it by the time I kind of came up for air and thought, oh, I wonder if I'm doing the right thing. So I'm sure there probably were books and courses and mentors and investment opportunities that would have helped me, but I just didn't realize, mm. which sounds incredibly stupid. But um, hey, I'll own that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, look, it, I, I, it might sound incredibly stupid, but not, not, not to, I suspect, to most people listening, because you know, what you're describing there is this sort of accidental business, you know, where mm -hmm. circumstances were such that you find yourself in a situation where you couldn't actually and maybe didn't and hopefully didn't want to get up and commute to a job five days a week. So you had to do something else. And the next thing you know, somebody else says, oh, well, could you do what you just did for them and then do it for me? And then you sort of got a business. So, yes, you know, that's what you're describing really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's that it's that evolution and uh, just kind of seeing where things go and being open to opportunities, but also not holding on to your failures too tight just because they took a long time to make. So, you know, being sort of limber and flexible with your business and experimenting. I'm, you know, when I say I'm not a planner, I have a background as a project manager. So I do plan in terms of what am I going to achieve today? Uh, what things do I want to tick off on, on my list? How am I going to break this project up into chunks? I do do that. But what I don't do is have a master business plan mm. that has like, you know, yearly targets and, and, you know, key objectives and ROI and all of that. Because for me, it puts too much pressure on myself and I'm already under a lot of pressure I set myself up to fail I give myself targets that I possibly won't hit and then I feel bad about it and I don't want to feel bad about my business because it's hard enough as it is staying motivated when you're working on your own in a hut in the back garden <laughs> I want to feel great about my tiny successes oh um, but so let me just let's just pick up on that then so you know that that's how you operate now and how, <clears throat> how you have done for you know ever since you you've you've started going solo when you have those you know your your is as you say it's in your hut in your garden which i've noticed sometimes i've seen pictures of it it's a very lovely hut that you've created to give to support you you know it's yeah. so you know that that's just dispel the image of you sitting in some rainy little <laughs> hut it's a lovely space that you've created for yourself to support yourself but on those days when things go a bit wobbly and they you know they do inevitably in our businesses do you ever find yourself sitting there going I wish I wish I wish should I have planned or indeed should I have you know horror of horrors stayed back in the corporate world i mean where in your sort of when you're feeling gloomy where do you, where does your thinking go no i never ever think i should have stayed in the corporate world i just you know i would made joke about it but i would i would hate to be someone else's creature um and equally i did not enjoy having people reporting to me i didn't like being responsible for people's mortgages and their lives and their emotional well-being I, I just didn't like it i like blazing my own path hmm. however however narrow that path may be so on my my dark days and when i'm thinking what the hell am i doing um usually for me that's just a sign to step away i do have an awful lot of enthusiasm and, in, and i get an awful lot of enjoyment out of what i do i know we're not supposed to say that but i love 
my work. Mm. You know, I really enjoy it. I enjoy the people I interact with. So often if I'm feeling like that, I go back to my customers. That sounds weird, but the people mm. I – and they provide inspiration and ideas and reassurance enough to get me through that day and then the next day is a brand new day but no i never long never long for the boardroom again and i just never that, go back well okay and i've got to tell you i've just gone all tingly um <laughs> this is a bit weird but um <laughs> no oh, sorry about that um but that, that's a lovely way to voice it is that when the pressure's kind of on you is you 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 go back to those people who are around you who happen to be your customers and it did sound weird when you said that but uh, I guess the, the the point is is that when we're doing work that we really enjoy, and I'm like you, I adore everything that I do. I mean, there are aspects of my job that I loathe, but there that's life, you know. Like yeah. there are aspects of I don't enjoy emptying the dishwasher, but you know, you, you kind of have to do that after you've had a nice <laughs> meal. And so there are things like that. But I do I do think the fact that you lean on the people that that are all around you, and at this in this situation, in your business are the people that you work with. That doesn't get better than that, does it? I mean, that's no, it beautiful. Doesn't. Well, look, let's. That, sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say that, um, and I'm sure we'll come to this at the end. But that's been one of the biggest changes of the the, the book has caused in my business. I'm going to save that thought. Let's talk about that later. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we 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 must both we must both remember. Um. So a couple of phrases. There's one thing, and I forgive me. I'm not sure whether these phrases I've written down because I've done these over a period of time are what you said or what I took from what you said. So. If if you don't recognise them, it must be the latter, not the former. Okay. Do you follow any of that? Yeah, um, I think so. Okay. So <laughs> let's look at speaking up versus rubbing up. Oh right? gosh, I think you did make that one. Yeah, up. I think I, I probably did. I think <laughs> it I probably sounds did. filthy. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I think you know what I mean. There is that you're not shy. You're never. You you never seem to be afraid to speak up, even if that means saying things that are going to you know, uh, impact people. I'm trying to not use the word disrupt. Um, where do you stand on that On that now? What's your? Do you get up in the morning going, right, who am I going to wind up? Or do you, I'm sure you don't. But no. how do you feel about that honesty in your in your business? How, how do you get comfortable with it? Well, look, I'm not somebody who likes confrontation and I don't like fighting with people. And it would never be my intention to sort of say something that was going to deliberately upset anybody. But I find being in the online space a lot that people are just sitting there waiting to be offended or upset by whatever you write. So, you know, you say, oh, I, I like working with a notepad and pen. And other ones will say, well, I like my laptop. How dare you say that? You know, you're <laughs> people are ready to be upset by everything. And I think when I first started out, not that I'm some amazing trailblazer, but especially in the space that I was in, SEO, where I was encouraging business owners not to use agencies um, necessarily, but to work to try and work out some of it themselves because a it would make them a better customer for those agencies mm. i did seem to really annoy i wanted to use a different word then but i'm not sure the rating of this podcast i really did annoy <laughs> a lot of people and i was mm. like i couldn't get it because i wasn't saying anything that wasn't you know pretty much said at other places but anyway so now i think i am more diplomatic i do take a breath before I say things and I would never set out to just be deliberately controversial for the sake of it or to be one of those sweary yeah. people who just swears relentlessly for no reason. Mm. Um, but some people don't like 
being told their own truths as well. So, you know, they ask you for advice and then you give it to them and they are annoyed that you've dared to tell them stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's look, difficult. I think, yeah, it is difficult. And, um, and, and I suppose part of it shows, um, in many cases, I guess, an, an insecurity in, in, in our audiences sometime or just in other people. And, you know, of course, we have it in ourselves. I'm not suggesting we don't. But the thing when you challenge something, you're going, hey, why don't you think about doing this yourself? Um, which immediately then does probably wind up those people who offer that service. But, you know, if we've, if we've learned anything in the last sort of decade, surely it's that giving our information away, giving our help away um, is ultimately really good for our business and better for you know the the sort of the greater good and there'll always be people that once they've got all this information still still in your case come to you or come to flying solo or go to that seo person and go i understand it now and i want you to help me do it yeah you know it's anyway um what about i think this is one of your phrases your <laughs> distinction of bustle versus hustle okay so i hate selling you know, I, I think the analogy I, or the story I tell in the book is when I had to go out and sell aerial photography um, of a really dodgy council estate in Liverpool in England. Mm. Um, and I was being paid by how many photos I sold. And it was one of the most skin crawling experiences of my life because it was very hard to sell them. And then the one person I did sell it to, I felt terrible about because I felt like they couldn't really afford it. And it wasn't a really good product. So <laughs> Um, and the other thing I talked about was being a, I had a very brief stint as a sex chat line operator. When I say brief stint, I think it was about 45 minutes what? because I could not, I could not keep the customer on the line. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've never had a good feeling about selling. And so I just decided that I wouldn't sell, which sounds ridiculous, but Always throughout my business, I've taken the approach you just talked about, where I share my knowledge, I show my authority, I try and be approachable and helpful, and then people buy because they trust me, not because I've rammed my special offer that is, you know, some kind of fake fake timeline, you know, it's going to run mm. out in 55 minutes. Just it's a gradual process, and, and it kind of happens by osmosis. That's probably not the right word, but... You know, some of the customers that come to me, they've been maybe interacting with me for two or three years before they make a purchase. Yeah. So I am not focused necessarily on having a funnel and percentages and ROI. I just keep on keeping on. I'm consistent. I try and help people and it all seems to work out. And I know that sounds incredibly woo-woo and I'm not a woo-woo person. You know that, Robert. I'm quite mm. cynical. Yeah. But it really does work for yeah. me might not work for everyone but it works for me well look i think uh, i agree with you of course and uh, i think one of the the key words in there though it, that you use is is the word consistent yeah and i think that's where so many people give up yes um, and it just stop and go you know and you can see it when you look at the you know facebook groups or pages or linkedin profiles things that haven't been touched for years um that's where it shows up and it's just it's being consistent constantly there and constantly needn't feel I don't think like a pressure but it's more like you know I constantly wake up in the mornings you know and long may that continue it's the same sort of thing it's just appearing being there showing up and being the same sort of person but anyway I'm talking too much um, no no and I agree and I just I wanted to jump in there people mm. often say to me you know like what is the one thing that you've done 
differently to anybody else, you know, and I'd love to say that I'm the best copywriter, but I'm not, or I'd love to say that I have a brilliant business acumen, but I don't. I think one thing I have done is I have shown up through the good times and the bad. Mm. And I think that's the problem with this entrepreneurial lie that was sold. People expect really quick results. Oh, I started a Facebook group. There are only 15 people in it. And Mm. it's like, well, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, it takes a long time and you have to love those 15 people really hard until you get your 16th person, you know. Absolutely. I think people are a bit greedy for success and it doesn't always happen overnight. Yeah, totally. I I just, a quick sidetrack. I was taught, I met some colleagues. um, We had a light lunch, you know, lunch together yesterday. And I was talking about this guy who's, who, and I mentioned him before, I'm sure in a podcast, who's, hangs around outside uh, a local train station that I go past on the bus a couple of days a week usually. And he stands there wearing this kind of sandwich board and all he is extolling is the notion of being happy. He's not selling anything. He doesn't have anything to sell. He just sits there with a big smiley face on. He waves at people and waves at people on the bus. And, and I've seen it when I'm sitting there in traffic. A number of people go up and talk to him and he's just spreading the word of joy and happiness. That's all he does. But that guy, I, I swear, contacts, has, has contact and communication with more people in, a, in half an hour standing there than a lot of us have in all our sort of online activities that we might do in a week. Yeah. You know, and, and as you said, having a group of 15 people, that's 15 people, if they all show up in your office, that's a lot of people. You know, they're not going to fit in my office. Um, and if you talk to them and you talk regularly to them those 15 go and talk to another 15 and you know it's but we're too much in the numbers game aren't we? anyway i'm gonna go off I, I am i've just had a strong coffee you can tell um <laughs> now what about your uh, approach to competition yes so i am someone who is very aware of my competition i wish i wasn't i'm not very good at putting the blinkers on and focusing on my own lane or i haven't been until Mm. very recently where i have literally cut every group every email every blog i've just i can't take any more in from my competitors but for a long time time i did suffer from you know comparisonitis and imposter syndrome so the easiest way i found to get over it was to make the competitors my buddies so one competitor when I first started out who I was you know had on a big pedestal was a guy called Glenn Murray who's a Mm, great copywriter yeah Yeah. and when I started out you know he was at the top of the rankings he'd been around for ages who was I I was just starting and you know I was so envious of him and so impressed by him and I read everything he did um and then I thought you know what I'm just gonna email him and talk to him and I made a little group and I invited him and a few others to join it and then we started talking on Skype and you realize that he's just like you and he's successful but he has his ups and downs and his woes and um, it's just so reassuring Mm. to talk to somebody who completely gets what you do because they're in the same industry and just to take that again it sounds woo-woo and I'm not woo-woo but take the attitude of abundance and that there's enough work to go around and that we are maybe doing the same thing, but it doesn't necessarily make us competitors. Very rarely we're both going to be going after the same client. Um, and that's worked so well for me. I've learned more from my competitors than I ever have from a book or a course. Mm. So, yeah. That's, a, that's, such a, that's such a good thing. And, uh, you know, I know, I know, well, a couple of people, I know one person particularly well who is 
you would probably define as being a competitor of yours who is in your groups and he just says so many great things about you and that group and you know it's who'd have thought you know who'd have thought that you get a whole lot of copywriters together um and they all get on well and you all go out i know at christmas and get yeah. you know ludicrously wasted and that's <laughs> You know, if that works, that's great. No, I think it's, that's a terrific thing. Um, let's have a look at, well, actually, I've got another, a couple of other things I'd like to ask you. One is, you've told us about how if the, you know, if, if it's feeling a bit tough, where do you go? You kind of lean on those people around you, many of whom are your customers. So can I ask you, what do you particularly love about working by yourself? And perhaps more importantly, what do you not love about working for yourself? And how, on the latter point, how have you? How do you combat the things that you really don't enjoy? Um, well, I love, you know, the physical solitude of being able to work in my pants with right. my music on loud. Um, <laughs> you know, doing. I did a webinar last night for a big, big company, and I was in my pajamas, and I love that. You know, right. I love that freedom and not and not having to commute. And not having to human, that's really important to me. I can human when I choose to human. I don't have to kind of, you know, I'm just going to the toilet and you bump into someone and you have to make chit-chat. I hated that whole thing. Okay, so when you mean to human, you mean interact with another living being? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that very much, very often. So I like being able to turn off and on the human interaction. Um, the, uh, the only and, and, you know, I like the complete freedom of if I want to do this thing, no one can tell me I can't do it. Yeah. I can do it if I want to and I can make a horrible failure of it. It's up to me. So I love all of that. I guess the negative of it is not having people to bounce ideas off and to go, hey, what would you do in this situation? But I've combated that by creating little micro groups. So, you know, I'm I'm stingy. I don't like spending money. So I didn't want to pay 10 grand to join the mastermind group of some yep. business guru. Instead, I went to kind of five other people who are in not different businesses to me, but maybe at a similar level. And I said, hey, let's have a little group and we can freely ask each other mm, questions. So like, what would strong. you do if your assistant did this? Or how would you pay this person? Or this person's mm. done this terrible thing. How would you respond? And that that saves me. That, that That's enough for me. Um, and that's the only real negative. I, I'm eight, nine years in. I'm fully in. And... Um, <laughs> I don't. There's nothing else that I don't like about it, really. No, that's look. That's uh, that's so strong, and I, and I do think that, that you know that that um, practice of having a small group of people. And well, do you remember when you reached out to the first person of that group? Do you remember how they responded to you? With utter relief. Really? Okay. Yeah. Utter relief. I mean, look, I've I've reached out to a lot of people, and and don't get me wrong, some people are complete a holes and just either don't respond or really get the fear and think well what's your secret agenda Mm. um but the people that i reach out to now you know we've probably been interacting because i am online a lot because i am very honest and open that you know you feel like you already know these people before you actually know these people and you've built up some trust you've watched what they've done online you've decided whether you think they're you know you like their vibe or not and how they interact with people so by the time you actually actually physically talk to them you're like have we actually met um, we've talked, haven't we? And you're like, mm. nope, we never have. <laughs> so it's it's that kind of pre-fluffing 
uh, before you meet somebody to warm them up before you actually then say, hey, yeah, let's okay. uh, I think that's great that that was this kind of response you had is, is you know, is just absolutely well, from the right people that total embrace. Um, mm. And that doesn't surprise me. And, you know, if there's one thing I've been trying to figure out and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep working on it is how we can, you know, how we at Flying Solo can just help people get those little groups going because it's you know it never ceases to amaze me when when you put a few people together like even if you go to an, uh, a networking event or a small business event and there's a, a table of six people who've possibly never met um with a minimum of effort by the end of uh, you know an hour long sort of session together and you know a bit of presenting and a bit of coffee and a bit of talking there's a bond can appear between those people. It's just there all the, you know, it's just there mm. just beneath the surface. But anyway, we need to embrace that. But, I'm, you know, again, the lovely thing about your book is you talk about how you do that, how you've done that and how it works for you. So, you know, I think to anybody listening who's recognizes themselves as a misfit, which I think is probably most of us, um, then, you know, I would say do just grab a copy of this and have a read of it. The last thing I'd like to just just sort of talk about with you is uh, you mentioned some nice things about sort of image. So, you know, anybody that's seen you online, we either often we see a cartoon picture of you or we see a beautiful sort of studio image of you. Um, talk about image, if you would, like how you position yourself and yeah just how that how that kind of sits with you all that image stuff well yeah I'm I'm scruffy I have to be honest and and every job I mean a couple of jobs I've actually been pulled aside to be told you know do you think that you look smart today and I'm looking down at myself thinking yeah and they're like <laughs> you don't no. you know um because I'm you know I'm that's I've never been good at that. I'm not one of. I'm not a glamorous girl with nails and hair, and it's just not something I have ever. I was a tomboy, and so it doesn't come naturally to me, and it's very forced when I do. And I've tried a few times to emulate some of the more glamorous entrepreneur types. I made a wretched video for my homepage where I put fake hair extensions in and <laughs> fake tan on, and I, I looked. I looked ridiculous, like. My husband just laughed out loud at it, but it was on my site for a long time before I took it down. And I just, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to get dressed up and, and look nice all the time. And um, so, yes, I have some nice photos. Everyone has a few nice photos. Yeah. But when the reality is, especially now online, if you want to quickly go and do a video or do a Facebook Live, I don't want to spend six hours setting up lights and doing my hair. No. I, I don't have time. I've got to pick my kid up from school and go to Coles. Mm. So... By giving myself freedom to be a bit scruffy and just be me, it's allowed me to just do whatever I want whenever I want it. Like I can go live straight after this, even though I don't have a splotch of makeup on. Because honestly, people who are going to judge me for that probably aren't my ideal customer anyway. Mm, yeah. Um, so it's a really, it's freeing. And, and you know, it's that whole attitude of, um, I went. I had a great lady called Jenny DeLacy present at my conference recently, and she's like, you know, you you look like what you look like. Get over it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if you can get over it, well, it's so good. It's so freeing. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I remember. I remember once doing. I did um, presentation to I think about eighty businesses um, here in Sydney, and um, at the end at the end of it, you know, I I'd like you. I I'd, I love presenting. I love talking to businesses. I love meeting them. And at the end of it, there's um, a sort of little group of people I was talking to and I could see out the corner of my eye this woman is pushing her way through like really pushing her way through 
And, you know, the sort of ridiculous ego in me is going, oh, my God, this woman just so wants to meet me. <laughs> and, she, and she pushed away and burst straight into the conversation I was having. And she just said, why don't you get your hair cut? Why do you look like this? It's the question on everyone's <laughs> on everyone's lips. Robert. I'm sure it is. But I just, that was, I thought, oh, okay, thanks a lot. You know, and anyway, that's enough of that. So look, um, where, should, where can we go, Kate, to have a good look at your book and to buy your book? Where's the best place? Um, well, if you go to katetoon.com slash misfit, it's on there. But I've been quite clever and I've managed to get it onto Amazon, Kobo, oh. iBooks, Kindle, and something else. So something. it's in a few different places. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we could even just Google Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur and, and uh, we'd, we'd find a number of places where we can buy it. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, okay. Although there was a strange Indian man who made lots of videos of just the cover of the book and the weird music behind it. So you might find one oh. of them as well. well. I'm going to go and watch those. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. cool. Well, I mean, I, I regret having made those now, but I'll, I'll go and <laughs> All right. Well, look, thank you so much. Um, do we, are we going to see another one? Is there, is there going to be another book? I'm working on the next one. Oh, get out. You are. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I don't know when it will come out. I'm not going to commit to anything. No, no. Don't, you know, oh, I don't, don't like commit. having a plan. No, you know no. What I mean? No, you don't want to commit. All right. Well, look, all I ask is when you've, when you've written it, can we talk again? Yes. Thank okay. you so much, Robert. Right. This well, has look, been lovely. Great. Thanks for joining us. And look, before I go, don't forget that when it comes to creating a truly lovable business, we get you at Flying Solo. Our premium membership has all the tips and tools that you'll need and it's a mere $99 and it now includes full access to our Work Your Way course. Please head to our join page to learn more. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au.